Before you get lost in this episode, I want to let people know that there is a new way to support me. Buymeacoffee.com. It's an opportunity for you to support me by buying me a coffee for $5 or you can support me with a monthly membership. Monthly membership does have access to different exclusive things. It's $10 a month if you wish to support. For those that can support, thank you so much. I absolutely am extremely grateful for anybody that's willing to be able to support me at that level. And for those that can't financially, that's okay too. All I ask is that if you really enjoy my content and love the things that I'm doing, support by sharing, letting other people know what I do, and hopefully my mission of changing the speech and debate community forever will be able to happen. Um, so that you can support me at buymeacoffee.com. I'll have the link in the show notes. And thank you, thank you, thank you to so much of the people that have already supported me, especially the person that bought me 12 coffees. Oh my gosh, you are amazing and I really appreciate you once I find out who you are, even though you said it were anonymous. Thank you so much. See y'all later. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's Dante, a.k.a. The Forensics Guy, and you are listening to The Forensics Experience, the podcast where we discuss topics in the speech and debate community with the world's most influential coaches, students, and alumni in the activity. And today, I am super excited because I am sitting face-to-face with Morgan Russell, a.k.a. Feminist Forensics. Yes, Feminist forensics. If you have, if you don't know what a feminist is, you're you're too late. You got to look it up. And I, I I can't I can't I can't be your dictionary. So um, we're gonna move forward. Um, and I'm super excited to have uh, her on today. Um, Morgan, um, I love to tell everyone about you, but I love giving my guests the chance to let us know. Um, so what is it that you do for the speech and debate community? Hello, everybody. I'm Morgan Russell. She/her, and I am a new or newish uh debate coach from oklahoma oklahoma wow uh mm-hmm. that's so awesome uh, i almost moved to oklahoma um no kidding yeah there was a um it was like some program and uh, i ended up winning it it was they were supposed to like they were going to give you like ten thousand dollars and you're supposed to move to tulsa for a year and i was like hmm uh, I don't want to do, I don't want to live in Tulsa for a whole year. Like I just did, I like in Tulsa. No word. Cool. It, like it looked pretty cool. Like in the, I mean, but like you can, you can make a video and market, you can make, you can make, I don't know, you can make anything look good, you know? So like, it's kind yeah. of, I was kind of worried about that. Uh, so I, I ended up not doing it, but it was, uh, it was cool that there was an offer, <laughs> an opportunity. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Tulsa's cool. Have you ever been? No, I have not. It would have you been. should come and check it out sometimes. See, I'm from Norman, which is near like Oklahoma City yeah. Central, but like okay. Tulsa's pretty cool. Okay, nice. You come visit sometime, let me know. We'll hang De- out. Definitely. That'll be awesome. I have to check it out. It seems seems pretty cool. Uh so yeah, this is this is cool. Um connection right there. So um yeah, okay. So you are coaching in Oklahoma. And I think that this is you're definitely, if I'm not mistaken, probably, I'm going to say yes to my first person from Oklahoma. I'm not 100% sure. There could have been a guest. Maybe they were from Oklahoma too. I apologize. But yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure that you're the first. And uh, I love getting to interview different people from different like states because a lot of people aren't aware, you know, how speech and debate is so different sometimes on different local levels and mm-hmm. usually everybody knows like nsda you know the big the big organizations and those usually have their frameworks but like a lot of it started in a lot of these local places and there's so many different rules and categories that might not even be present amongst other mm-hmm. states 
and I'm from Wisconsin, so we have a lot of those, uh, yeah. which which is really interesting. So I guess um, the first question is, um, you said you're coaching debate. When you say, mm-hmm. I know some people, they say debate, and that just means everything, you know, speech and debate. So I'm just curious, like, are you just coaching debate? What categories are you specifically focusing on? Or is it just everything as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. So I will say that in Oklahoma, different schools will have different setups as far as who coaches what. I am very lucky to coach at a school that has two coaches, which is, I'm not going to say super rare in Oklahoma, but is less common. Uh, Like for instance, uh, the high school that I went to, we had one coach who did speech, debate, mock trial, intro to acting, stagecraft. Wow. Like- she did all of that. And oddly enough, I'm actually teaching with her now uh, at Norman North. So shout out Lori Crawford. Uh, she's the goat. Um, but me specifically, I teach as far as speech and debate. I teach two sections of debate. But with that, I also coach extemp. So yeah. I teach um, policy debate, Lincoln Douglas, public forum, Congress, um, if we occasionally we do big school or big questions debate. Um, and then I might have a kid going in world schools this year. So all those, and then, uh, you know, for, uh, we call it foreign extemp in Oklahoma, but international extemp and then domestic extemp is yeah. US extemp. Okay, but, cool. Cool. That's well, awesome. I coach those. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, it is, it is really great to be able to have, you know, uh, two cultures, first of all. I mean, every every school can't be uh, blessed with that. You have. Oh, we are very lucky. Yeah, it's really cool to see. I mean, I've seen schools. I mean, like I I one of the schools that I coached at in the past, we had like four coaches, but we were. I mean, I, our total team speech and debate was definitely like in the eighties, like in terms of numbers. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't know how, I know every school has different numbers with that, too, but... See, I've got about 50 on okay. the debate team. Okay, cool. Nice. What, 50? Just debate? hmm Yep. Oh, wow, that's crazy. That's, uh, that's a lot. So, yeah, yeah. Shout, definitely shout out to you for putting in that much work. I, I definitely would I will say, I got to walk into a very nice setup, um... And so honestly, that number has been cut down just a little bit from because of COVID. So I started, this is my third year coaching. My first year coaching was when like the literally the day before we were going to regionals, my first year as a coach is when the world shut down. Mm. So yeah, it's been interesting coaching right now. It's fun times. Yeah. uh, Online, online speech and debate is very interesting, but it's, uh, it's, it's great in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people can admit um, I think that we've gotten lots of opportunities uh, that we wouldn't have had before because we don't we didn't really travel much yeah. at all. We would occasionally go down to UT Austin, and okay. that was like our big besides nationals. Um, that was our big circuit tournament, right? Yeah. But uh, the past two years, because of COVID, we've been able. I have a PF team that has been very uh, prolific on the national circuit, which has been awesome, awesome. and weird to try to like navigate because I have no idea what I'm doing you know we're all just trying to figure it out together um they're sophomores bless them um and so we're going to TOC this year and it's the first time I've ever been because when I was in high school that was like not even an option right like 
I, I, I didn't hear about it when I was in high school. I had oh, no idea. Yeah. Not at yeah. all. No clue. I, I, I think I was very late on a lot of that. Um, shout out to, shout out to Miss Fritchie, aka Miss Styler now, um, who's amazing. My like primary speech and debate coach back then. Uh, but like she was, she was kind of new to the game too, figuring out stuff. And we were pretty local. And uh, <laughs> I remember. it's not the situation isn't funny but like when I think about it I'm like dang that was why but like we I think one year we didn't stay like overnight at state and it was because her cat had diabetes and uh, like she needed to like obviously take care of the cat and stuff and couldn't be away from her for too long and she could I don't think she could find anybody that you know was able to do whatever they needed to do and I was like oh I was I was I was really sad but at the same time obviously you know I hope I mean, I assume the cat isn't alive anymore because that was a long time ago. But I mean, you know, I don't know how long cats live usually, actually. So I don't know. But anyway, um, that was yeah, that was the reason we couldn't go. And I think that in the grand scheme of things, that might probably be what held us back, probably from like extra stuff too. Like I feel like she might not have really thought about like, all right, let's go to nationals and let's try. Like I don't even. I think I didn't know what NSDA really was for the most part until like my junior year, maybe like, yeah. and it was, yeah, it was very different. So, and that we had no idea when I talked TLC, any of those were, it just didn't ring a bell. So it, it took a, it took a while for me to even really start researching and figuring out all of these different leagues. They're so like, yeah. It, it's crazy. Like I remember my mind went from knowing like NSDA was the main thing. Then I heard of NSDA, then I heard of NCFL, then I heard of NITOC, mm-hmm. then I heard of TLC, there's NCFCA, there's STOA. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It's pretty yeah. awesome though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what what category would you say that you like judging the or coaching the most? Is uh. there do you have a preference? Oh gosh, this is hard. Uh, so I definitely, I don't know. There are things I love about all the activities, right? Uh, I even love coaching the occasional like info or OO because my experience in high school, I actually started out as a speech kid. So I accidentally, my freshman year of high school, got put into a speech and debate class and like the rest was history. And then, you know, I immediately fell in love with speech. Um, My senior year, I was actually speech president. So I wasn't as involved in debate until my junior and senior year. I started off in policy. So there's a special little bond I have with policy. However, my senior year of high school was the first year that public forum was offered at the you know, local and state level in Oklahoma. So fun little fact, I'm the first top speaker uh, in the state of Oklahoma in public forum. Uh, (laughs) I tell that to my students and they're like, oh, wow, you're old. And I'm like, (laughs) kind of, actually PF is just really new here. But um, yeah, so I have a special place in public forum just because the whole like class of 2014 in Oklahoma, shout out to y'all. Um, I feel like we kind of got to like shape PF a little bit in Oklahoma and like what it looked like, Okay. which I think was really cool. And so there's a special bond that I have with PF, but I love LD. I love the, the philosophical aspect of debate. And I love how like 
fun that can be, especially as a judge, but also as a coach. Um, but then I love Congress too. And I think extemp is like super important. I don't know. I can't pick. I can't. Congress is my favorite debate category. 100%. Yeah. I don't think. I wish we did it more in Oklahoma. We don't have it at all of our qualifiers and it's not, you can't take Congress to regionals or state. Oh. It's hmm. a, we'll offer it as like a champs event throughout the year at some random qualifiers. Um, Interesting. But yeah, so whenever we send kids to nationals, they're kind of at a disadvantage. Um, no, we still are able to like, you know, pull some through. Uh, we've had some semifinalists and stuff the past few years, which is awesome. Uh, Oklahoma as a whole, not just my school. Um, but yeah, you, I love Congress, but I think I'd love it more if we could participate more, you know? Yeah. Okay. This is super interesting to me. I think, well, um, you you have like qualifiers for state, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so how do you qualify for state? Is it just going to a qualifier and doing well there yeah so you we've got ossaa is the governing body in oklahoma for speech and debate it's also for all the like secondary activities so you know how texas has like a separate league yeah just for speech and debate oklahoma is not like that we are lumped in with all the other fine arts with football basketball all that stuff which i kind of actually like because it legitimizes us compared to like sports whereas i think in some other states it being separate can make it look you know like different yeah but you know all that's above my head anyway um you go each school can go to up to eight qualifiers a year right and then okay. from there you have to place usually top three if there are so many people in events top four or more you know and then you go to regionals which regionals is split like half the state so you've got west okay and then east okay you go to one of the two regionals and then if you're top eight you go to state so there's only 16 people per category at state? Yeah, occasionally if they're, cause the other thing is you can only take three events to regionals. So like when I was in high oh, school, an, sometimes- an individual. As an individual, you can only take three events is what you mean? Okay. To regionals, yes. And then from there, that kind of helps narrow it down to where there aren't a ton of people in certain events. Um, because you'll have kids who will qualify, you know, eight, nine, board, yeah. 10 events, right? And then they have to pick three to go to regionals. They'll pick the top eight. Occasionally, we'll get what's called a bubble. So like ninth and 10th, we'll get to go, but they don't compete in finals. Okay. And then, so you'll have anywhere from 16 to 20 in each category at state. That's so weird. Wow. Yeah. It's a, um, regionals is a tougher cut. I tell my kids this every year. Regionals is a more tough cut than districts to go to nationals. Okay. Because you get two rounds. That's another thing. We don't get that many prelim rounds in Oklahoma. There okay. are other places who will get like five, six prelim rounds. So it's you get. Of, wait, sorry. No, no. You, you go ahead. You go ahead. Sorry. So at regionals, which we're doing regionals this weekend. Um, you go and compete and say you're doing like extemp or any of the like acting IE events. You do two rounds and then finals. Wow. Interesting. It's a tough cut. So sometimes you'll have like 50 people competing in pros and you got to be top eight. Wow. And then, 
And then for how many rounds is it at state? So for, oh, that's a good question. I actually am not sure. Um, part of that being, I've never gotten to go to an in-person state as a coach. Oh, yeah. My first year, it just got canceled, like straight okay. up canceled. And then last year it was online. So it was hard to kind of figure out what all was going on. Okay. Um, so this year I'll be able to know more. I believe it's a similar setup for the IEs. I know for debate, it's like, four events or four prelims and then you know makes sense. Yeah, bracket I mean, yeah but i ease it's a tough cut that's so that's so weird i just mm-hmm. um we have so i i could i mean i could i could tell you about california but nobody really wants to hear about california um <laughs> so in wisconsin we have two different leagues um there's there's in honesty, there's one that people deem is not really competitive, and then another one that people deem is like the most competitive. Um, the one that's not as competitive, um, obviously, no shade. They're a great organization too, uh, the WHSFA. They do like all these like kind of like festivals. They're like typically like maybe like three rounds, and there's usually no like finals because they judge you like on they rank you like from. I it, it could have switched from a while, but it's like 25 points basically. And then the yeah. points give you like awards. So if you got like 25 straight up, you get like gold. And I think like 22 to 24 is like silver and stuff like that. I used to do dance competitions and yeah. this is like that. Yeah. So that's how the WHSFA is. And then at like the district and regional stuff you have to get a certain amount of points to go to that level so like okay you might need at the at the very little you need like 21 to make it and then at that point you need like 22 maybe to get to state and then yeah the the only thing i don't like is state is just one round so <laughs> you go compete for like 40 minutes and then go home oh my god so and then you get your gold medal and that's pretty much it and that and um i love the whsfa they're doing really great things especially for students who don't really want as much of a competitive vibe and things of that nature it's, it's great for them because it's not a lot of pressure not a lot of rounds and it's it's almost more like track and field like you're not mm-hmm competing against others you're competing against yourself like like technically what everybody else gets in the room doesn't matter as long as you get your score beat your score do however you feel that you feel comfortable with you know um but then the wfca is the more competitive one like we have uh we don't have calls for that state though um we just have a a bunch of like a bunch of tournaments throughout the year and then at state Every team can only bring their top twenty-five. Um, top twenty-five. Do they just, do they just pick? Yeah, the school. The school itself picks the entries. So, so my school would get twenty-five entries, and I get to pick twenty-five people. And you can't double enter either. So it's only mm. twenty-five people with one one event, and then it runs like a normal tournament where it's three prelims, and then like a semifinal, quarterfinals, and uh, finals and stuff yeah. like that yeah fascinating yeah this is like a whole new world <laughs> it's that's that's this is like my favorite part like just hearing about yeah. how different, different schools are so different in so many ways um, i really am a i'm a nerd when it comes to like the setups of the tournaments and like all that stuff uh i've been lucky that this year 
I've been able to like get into some like work some tab rooms at some tournaments yeah. and like you know stuff like that and so that that fascinates me how other I, states how the regions do things another random thing is like that's just our high school because we actually have we have technically two middle school leagues too and I, yeah <laughs> that is a huge thing that I'm trying a lot of people in Oklahoma are trying to get more middle school involvement because I think middle school involvement is like really the key mm. for like building our programs and so we have like an unofficial one that we do just in my school district. Um, we have them come to the high school on Wednesdays and the high schoolers like coach them and coach you know, them, yeah. do all that stuff. And we do a little like middle school tournament at the end of the year, which is really cool. Um, and we get to take them to a few qualifiers as novices, which is cool. I keep saying it's cool because I think it's cool. But um I see how other states and other regions really feed in a lot of time and investment in their middle schoolers. Yeah. And I want Oklahoma to get there. So I think I, we will, but I think you can, but I think there's some weird advice to give with that. And oh man, I am I'm ready for any 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 what's the word? I don't know what the word I'm trying to say is like pushback on this opinion. Uh-huh. Because um being in Wisconsin, being from Wisconsin and in California, I've seen two different things. And I personally, <clears throat> I personally feel like they both don't fully work in their way because mm-hmm. let's look at the MLFA. I love the MLFA. It is actually my favorite league of all time. And there is never a league that will ever compare to the MLFA. So the MLFA stands for the Middle Level Forensics Association. It's a middle school league in in Wisconsin. And tournaments, the way tournaments can literally run on like a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday. And like the most, they're all actually really fun, but I do like the Friday night ones because they'll go right after school to like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. or something. See, that's how our qualifiers usually go. And they're super, they're super awesome. So here's the weird thing is one, there's always going to be a guarantee like DJ at every tournament. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, so. This sounds like a middle school dance to me. It basically is. So okay, a typical tournament is going to basically, it could be different sometimes, but for the most part, it's usually two rounds and a break round. So three rounds total, um, you do the first two rounds. And after those first two rounds is literally when the DJ comes, <laughs> they like start, they start playing music. There's like pizza, all types of stuff. Kids are like dancing, having fun, eating food. And just like, it's great. And then while that's all happening, they release the break rounds. Students go to their break rounds and all the kids who are probably going to be sad that they didn't make it, they forgot about it because now they're just having fun and pizza's like half off and they're still dancing and having fun. It's like the greatest thing ever. And then you're just kind of waiting on other people to come back. It's super fun. And then awards. And that's the end. The only, the only flaw, the only small flaw I can see is tournaments take a little bit longer and not necessarily because of the DJ stuff, but it's because I'm very confident and I could be wrong, but I'm very confident that MLFA is the only league that uses a proprietary tab software that nobody else uses. 
Um, like it was created by someone's husband some decades ago and they still use that software. Yeah. And that's it. And I, I'm, I feel like I'm probably right in knowing that that software is a little bit slower than like just using like- It looks like it's made in the 90s. Yeah, and, you know. exactly. So right I think on. that's the only thing that slows it up. But MLFA is the absolute greatest and it should it should always be praised for its amazingness. However- Do they accept I, volunteers? I want to come down and be a part of this at some time. You can, you this sounds amazing. I think, <laughs> I think you can definitely volunteer like as a judge. You'd have to just reach out to a school. And I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. I know I know people. I, we'll, we'll, we'll get you in the judge. We can always use help with judges. Um, if I'm ever in Wisconsin, like, <laughs> I'm yes, down. Come through. It's awesome. Um, I know that some just uh, like some schools have different t- or some leagues have different times that they run um, our MLFA. Because speech and debate don't run congruently in Wisconsin. So debate debate goes from like September to like January. And then speech goes from like January to like, depending on which league, like May, somewhere around there. And the MLFA, they usually compete from like January to like March. Okay. Potentially April. Um, So it's it's super fun. It's a little bit of a shorter season, but it's really great. Um, But the only the only problem I've seen in the transition is because, like, I promise you, the middle school league, I think, is bigger than the high school league in here in Wisconsin, because I think I mean, but it's also about qualifications. I know, like, technically, our high school thing can only bring the top 25 entries, So it's a little different. But like the state tournament for middle school, I think it's maxed out. But like maybe like thirty five hundred before thirty six, maybe something like that. Just like a ton of kids and it's crazy. Um, but it's really awesome and a super fun time. And I think the problem, the small problem is it might be too fun because I've, and so I've then talk, when they get, I've, I've talked to too many kids. And when they get to high school, they're like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm Where's like, the DJ? Yeah, they're like, there's like. I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of the kids definitely end up still doing it, but I do feel like there's definitely a drop potential because yeah. it's just not the same experience that they had. And I don't think you're ever going to be able to find a program, like a middle school program that will have a hundred percent retention through 12th grade. I don't think yeah. it's possible. I wish, um, but yeah. Yeah. Same. I think every, I truly believe that every single person can benefit from being involved in speech and debate in some capacity, but I know that's not realistic. Yeah. And and then I, I'll only talk a little bit about California, but I feel like the problem with California is it's California and everything's commoditized. They know now. more. Yeah. It's, it's commoditized. Sure. And now, like, speech, I mean, even in general, like, even, even in the league itself, the main league, which is Chassa, like, everything is basically for profit. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I mean, I'm pretty sure California and Texas were the ones that really started it. But like that, without them, that's where you get all these different organizations, like being like, like I mean, that's how NITOC and TLC were invented. They're just, oh yeah, they're just for profit things, and they they charge like two hundred and ninety dollars per LD entry, and it's crazy. But oh, I know we're. And, yeah, our PF entry, we've got it's online. Like it got moved online, which I think you know is worse. I'm ready to go back in person, but I understand the benefits, especially sure. for us of doing it online. And I being safe with COVID, I think is the right decision. Uh, yeah, you know? true. But it's expensive to just sit at our computers at the school. It's Imagine expensive. if you actually had 
Imagine if you had to fly there and do the hotels and do the, yeah. Oh, I don't know. At some point, we're lucky that we're like centrally located, but at some point we are going to have to fly somewhere Mm -hmm. and I don't know how we're going to pay for it because I remember uh, last national show I went to was in Dallas. Super easy. Yeah. Uh, You know, we're very close. Um, But when we went to Fort Lauderdale in 2018. I remember that when I went there. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. That was a lot. That was a drive. We drove. Great memories were made, but. We drove. We did like, um, man, I know everybody who, if, if you're listening, you remember this. We drove like maybe like 12 hours one day, then 12 hours uh-huh. the next there in two days. On the way back, we were so tired. We drove it all the way back. One uh-huh. one go. Mm-hmm. We were tired. It was hot. We were over it. We said, get us home. That was too much. That was too, too much. much. Oh, but. man. I can't even imagine. Um but yeah, no, that, I think that's the problem with the California part. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's all for profit now. I mean, there's see, still- that's something you go ahead. No, you, uh, I was just going to say not, I was more just going to, no, I'm probably just going to throw some shade at people. So I don't even matter. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> no, you're fine. I was just going to say that. I think that's one thing that Oklahoma has. Because I think, you know, when if you think of speech and debate and you think of like the big speech and debate states, you think of those states. You think of California, Texas, Florida. Um, but I think that's something that Oklahoma has a pretty good grip on. No shade to those other states. I think all the states have a lot to bring and are very beneficial. But I think that Oklahoma does a good job of accessibility while also still being I think we're very competitive on the national stage right Mm -hmm. we've had uh, I believe it was 2019 no 2020 that we you know stay uh, national champion in um, CX from Heritage Hall Uh, we've had so many you know speech kids make the stage and debaters and all that stuff Uh, but when you come to our like local tournaments it is pretty accessible as far as like financially. Mm-hmm. I think we still have work to be done, but that's something I'm very proud of with Oklahoma is that we do a pretty good job. And I don't know a single coach who doesn't make sure that all their kids can come to our tournaments. Honestly, it's the same for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I think I literally remember a couple, some years ago, some like mama coach was like, oh, she was like, I don't know if I can go to that tournament. They increased the entry fees from like $3 to like $6. Like literally that's how low our entry fees are. It's crazy. Huh? And and then you got yeah, then you got organizations that are like, "Hey, 300 and you're going to compete on Zoom." Like, okay. Uh-huh. Like, <clears throat> it's crazy. Um I think our it probably increased a little bit now, but I remember when I was coaching in the MLFA, the state tournament was $12 per entry for the kids. Um, so it's, it's probably up to like 15 now when people are freaking out. Um, so, but yeah, like I just, I, it, being accessible is very important. Very important. Yes, that's something that I, not just as far as cost, but I think that that's a huge barrier for a lot of people in this activity, but just accessibility in general is something that I think is very important. Um, it's cool that this uh, last year and continuing this year, I'm actually the DEI chair for West awesome. Oklahoma, which is cool. It's kind of daunting. Um, 
because I think that there are a lot of groups that I do represent, but there are also a lot of groups that I don't clearly. And that's something that, you know, working through because Oklahoma has a lot of great things, but one thing that we do kind of lack, especially in our coaching staff is um, racial diversity. A lot of the coaches look like me as far as uh, complexion. Those who in are case you can't see, she's white. black. Oh, wait, what? Um, yeah, no, no, I am, no, I am as white as they come. <laughs> I am very white. Um, but so that's something that I'm like trying to, to work through because something in Oklahoma is that our, our students are way more racially diverse than our coaching staff. And so that's something that we're trying to, we have a lot of coaches who are doing a good job of trying to do that work, but you know, there's only so much that we can understand without like taking a seat back and listening. Yeah. You know, I, I think I've talked to some coaches like from Wisconsin that look more like me. And I think things are getting better there too, which is great. And I like, I like to just see all of the improvement all around. Um, it's, it's really awesome. I, I think one thing, obviously, um, that would be great to just kind of hear from you is like, in, at least in Oklahoma, like, um, and considering that you're a DEI, like what, um, what are you doing in, in the regards of, you know, like a lot of the um, equity, equity issues in terms of like women in debate and speech and debate as a whole? Um, you know, it's funny that a lot of my any pretty much any of my TikToks that go like somewhat vi somewhat you can see uh -huh. my hands doing the thing viral but like you know like those are usually the ones where I literally will mention something and it's about like how women in debate are treated and we need to like work on this thing so you know it's just like stories and comments and just everything just so many things are happening and we're just like how can we make this a better uh organization for a lot of groups but i mean obviously we're i want to i definitely want to talk about women from miss feminist and forensics yeah so i want to qualify this by saying one if your feminism isn't intersectional uh it's not it uh, it's very it's impossible to separate being a woman in debate or in any space from any of your other identities right so like i can i identify as bisexual right and like other issues and that or identities and I can't separate the two, right? But specifically talking about women, um, there, I think we have a lot of work to still do, but there are some things that we're doing. So like the past couple of years in West OK, we've implemented a, I think pretty effective and quick way of reporting incidents because something that I think a lot of people don't wanna talk about is how prevalent sexism still is in debate. Um, Shout out to Ella Schnocki, uh, 2019 POI uh, champion, you know, okay. debate like a girl. If you haven't seen oh, it, yes. look it up right now. Incredible. Um, I think that that performance opened up a lot of people's eyes to something that's been happening in the activity forever. Because I had some pretty, everything that she talked about in that performance, I experienced in high school. And it was rough and it's hard because I see some of my students going through that and it's really tough because as a coach, you want to protect them, but you have to still let them participate in the activity. And it's hard to get everybody on the same page of what to do yeah. while still running the activity. 
And so what we've been able to implement is having a quick and efficient way to report incidents, small to big, right? Um, and having a way of letting people directly report those and then doing whatever we can within the rules of NSDA and our, you know, state governing bodies to help fix that, you know, that issue. Yeah. Uh, that's been a big thing. Also, one thing that we did in Oklahoma a few years ago is that in, so you know how in extemp you have like in out rounds, there'll be cross-examination between competitors. Yeah. So in Oklahoma, until a few years ago, judges were allowed to ask clarifying questions okay. of competitors. What we found, and I say we, the rule changed not long after I became a coach. So I don't get to take any credit for this changing, but something that our amazing coaches and, you know, board saw is that judges were severely disproportionately asking girl extempers, femme extempers questions, and kind of not even just clarifying, cross-examining them. Mm. But they weren't doing it to the mask extempers. And so that's something that they noticed and they were like, we're getting rid of this. We're no longer allowing it or making a rule to where this is acceptable. And that's something that took a while to notice but once it was noticed, it was corrected. And, you know, steps like that are being taken. That's just a weird rule from the beginning. I've never seen uh, that. Yeah, uh, I can see why it would be beneficial. But it wasn't being beneficial for half of our, you know, competitors. Yeah. So we got rid of it. True. That's, yeah, that's really, that's really... That's really awesome. But just things like that, and then uh, really enabling our students, right? Speech and debate is all about giving people a voice. And so enabling our students and our competitors to come to us with the solutions and to bring up the issues has been probably the biggest thing I could do as a DEI chair, as a coach, as a human being, right? Just like yeah. listening because they're the ones experience all of this is for them. So if we just listen, they'll tell us what they need. And obviously they need adults to like guide them and to help, you know, but the kids are all right. Like yeah. we just let them tell us they will. Definite a hundred percent. That's yeah. That's really awesome. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love that y'all even have that. I think, um, I feel like you're probably one of the first couple of states to really do that. I'm sure California already has that most likely um, and some of the other more progressive states. Uh, yeah. I mean, even Texas, even though they're not fully progressive, I could see them being big enough to where they would move something of that nature as well. But yeah, see, and that's the thing because Oklahoma is seen as such a conservative state and politically we have the whole gambit, right? But as far as, I don't know, I think it's nice to hear that because I don't hear Oklahoma, especially in our speech and debate world, being referred to as, you know, progressive or cutting edge. So that, yeah, that's, that is very fair because uh, no, that was definitely potentially one of my hindrances of moving to Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Yeah. But 
I mean, but I heard Tulsa's a little better probably than mm-hmm. Oklahoma as a whole. So that's Tulsa has a rich history. Yeah. Uh yeah. A, a very sad one as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tulsa, Tulsa Massacre. Um uh-huh. not a great thing. But no. Um, but you know, um I definitely, you know, at least at least what I hear in see, I assume they're getting a lot better and that's great. Um, and hopefully that starts to happen all around the world. But wait, what wasn't Oklahoma? Who was somebody? It wasn't Oklahoma, right? One of the, I thought, I thought it was Oklahoma who um, just got rid of the, um, I'm blanking out on what it's called now. Um, critical race theory stuff. Oh yeah. It, no, that, that, that's us. That was you. Yeah, okay. we don't. Here's the thing, though. Okay, I hope none of our legislators are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Not that I don't want your podcast to blow up, but if you're an Oklahoma legislator, log off now. Um, <laughs> they don't know because that's the thing in debate, there's no state standards for debate. Yeah. So <laughs> I get to make my own curriculum. So as far as the idea, a lot of teachers and a lot of people were like, we don't teach critical race theory in high school. And all of the debate coaches are looking at each other and we're like, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them. Um, but yeah, no, Oklahoma is, is one of those states. Um, yeah, we're just not going to tell them and we're going to see how it works out. We'll they don't keep, come to our tournaments. It's fine. We'll keep on teaching it. <laughs> All right, uh, legislators, you can log back on now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, that uh, that's really great. Um, um, a lot of pushing forward in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm just kind of glad to hear that stuff um, and love getting to have this kind of conversation with you and learn a little bit more about Oklahoma and yeah. all of the great things that uh, forensics has to provide out there. And uh, hopefully, you know, um, I don't even, I don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to say some weird, like hopefully Oklahoma becomes a bigger state or something random like that. I don't even know what, I don't even know what that means, but, um, <laughs> but, but I want to thank you so much for coming on. And no, got, thank you Dante for having me. Of course. And my, my last question that I love to ask people is if I was your coach, what would you, your old coach, what would you say to me? Oh gosh, it's so interesting because I, I teach right next to her now. So I just get to say things to her all the time, which is awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't, just thank you and keep changing lives because what you do matters. Uh, not to get too sentimental, but really like I consider when I found speech and debate and specifically found like my high school speech and debate coach it really was like a moment where it was like a paradigm shift for me in every sense right like it saved my life really because I was a student in high school who would not have graduated without speech and debate uh did not get good grades didn't have really a sense of direction or purpose uh and finding my voice in speech and debate really changed everything for me right and so it can be overwhelming and teachers are having such a hard time right now. Um, I don't think there's been a harder time to be a teacher. Uh, and that's from my limited experience, but veteran teachers are saying that, you know, constantly and like, you know, really emphasizing how hard it is. Um, but 
you're still making a difference for kids. Uh, and we appreciate you and keep doing it. Awesome. Um, I think I selfishly do this because I'm still just waiting on <laughs> the, a funny response. Somebody's just like, actually, you weren't that great of a coach, you know? Just, <sighs> no, 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 but, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm always glad to hear um, people who've had wonderful experiences. And obviously your experience must have been wonderful considering the fact that you are using that to inspire so many students today in speech and debate. And we love you and we thank you for it. Um, so um for all of the people right now who are listening they're like oh my gosh i love her so much and i need to know more about everything she talks about and does where can they find you where are you on the internet yeah well you can find me on instagram as well as tiktok at feminist the number four the letter n the number six so feminist four n six boom i remember the first time i saw that Somebody wrote it on a board at a tournament. I was like in eighth grade. I was like, what is four? I was like, what is that? And I was what like, it, yeah. what does that mean? I, I think I uh-huh. said it a couple of times until I was like, oh, like, I was like, that's amazing. Like it was, I was so excited to uh, just see that. Just I use awesome. that one in DB8 all the time. I think it's oh, so yeah. cool. I love it. Yeah. Numbers is words. It's cool. It is. I love it. We're changing language every day. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know where to find her. Feminist 4 and 6. That's 4 and 6. Make sure you check her out. Ask her any questions. She's a she's a, she's a a debate goat. So, you know, uh, get your questions from her and she'll be able to help. Um, and uh, wow, uh, as usual, <laughs> I never, ever um, know how to end these episodes, but I won't do it just yet because I want to make sure that you all, if you want to stay in the conversation, you make sure you hit me up at The Forensics Guy. Um, send me any DMs, any questions you have. I'd love to be able to answer on the show and be able to get any of your favorite guests on. So let me know who, what coach you think also deserves and wants to be on this uh, podcast. Would love to hear that. Um, and like I said, I don't know how to end this episode, so I'll just say peace out. Bye.